Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What's that making that strange noise? That bumping sound from the basement? What's that in the corner of your eye? Was it a shadow or your imagination? Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and unexplained horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story or an encounter with something from the supernatural or that you can't explain, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you're new, and get ready for some creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Before we jump into these scary stories, I have a major announcement. It's finally time for us to announce the launch of Chilling 2.0. Until Chilling, there was no dedicated platform for diverse and passionate horror fans to create content, listen to their favorite spooky stories, and meaningfully connect with other horror fans. Chilling's platform is growing and you're invited to grow with us by becoming an owner investor. Chilling was bootstrapped to where it was today by reinvesting everything back into the platform. That means the community you've come to know and be terrified by was grown organically and has become profitable with no outside investments. But as with all successful ventures, the time has come for us to supercharge our growth. This means opening our investment floor to new investors. We're launching an equity crowdfunding campaign on Republic, where investors just like you can purchase shares of Chilling and be a part of our story. As we grow, so does your investment and potential returns. Interested? Check out the link below and join us Tuesday, August 30th at 3 p.m. or 9 p.m. Eastern, or Wednesday, August 31st at 9 a.m. Eastern to learn more. Hello, I've listened to these encounters and stories from your channel for about four years now, and I'm finally ready to tell my family's encounters. Before I start, I want to say I am very sorry for my bad English. I am not a native speaker as I am from Finland. Two of the meetings are with my grandmother. She died three weeks after she turned 80 in a car accident. She was riding her own bike downhill on a rainy day and didn't see the RV passing her because of the raincoat. I was five years old at the time when she died, so I didn't get to know her all that well, and I never really knew the details of the accident. Now, on to my encounter. This happened when I was eight years old. I was sleeping in a closet. This closet was extensive, and I wanted my own room away from my sister, so this would have to do. I was asleep so that my toes were pointing at the room door. This old door didn't have any handle. You just pushed it to stay open or closed. My parents permanently closed the door when they got up. I remember waking up on a summer day, so it was already light out and I could see very well without any lights on. I remember that I got a feeling that someone was about to open my bedroom door, so I started looking down at the door. The door was tiny, and only a small child could investigate the room without crouching. The door slowly opened. First, there was no one there. Then my grandma peeked around the corner. I only saw her head and right hand 
but she was very wrinkly, like abnormally wrinkly. Then she smiled at me, but she didn't have any teeth. I got terrified and pulled the covers over my face. I lay there for a moment, then looked back at the door, and there was no one there, but the door was wide open. I got up and went to look for my parents, and they were not home. I later asked if they had opened my door, but they never did. At least, that's what they claimed. The next story was when I was 19 years old. I was with my dad at a gas station eating. I told my dad this story for the first time. He went white as a sheet and then told me that when my grandma got into the accident, she lost her dentures. They were never found, and she was buried without them. Then he told me that one time after my grandma died, he and my mother stayed at my grandmother's house and slept in her old bedroom. My dad woke up to my mother sitting on the bed and looking into the kitchen. She was the only one who could see in the kitchen where she was sitting on the bed. My dad told me that my mom was sweating and looking mortified. Of course, my dad asked her what was wrong. She turned and looked at my dad and said, Your mother is sitting on the kitchen table. My dad got up and went into the room, but there was no one in the kitchen. He looked around but couldn't find anyone at all. This last event happened in the same house as the first, but much later than the other two events. My dad was a truck driver at the time. He got home in the middle of the day from the night shift. He was alone. My sister and I were at school and my mother was at work. He went upstairs to their bedroom and laid on the bed. He said he was there for a couple of minutes when his friend walked in. His friend had died 20 years earlier. Then the friend started pacing at the end of the bed and talking about where he was. They were saying something about having a hunting buddy that couldn't hunt at all. My dad was scared that the friend had come to get him to be his new hunting buddy. The friend talked for a while about hunting and how angry he was for not having a good hunting buddy. Then he looked at my dad, smiled, and said, It was nice talking to you after a long time, but I need to go back. Then he just walked out of the room. After a couple of seconds, my dad got up and went to look, but there was no one out there. I started in the Air Force as an enlisted aircraft electronics avionics technician and, at one point, was stationed at Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. One night at about 2 a.m., I was sent to perform a cold install of a black box in a B-52. Cold install meant no power cart, so the operations check would have to wait until the day shift. The airplane was parked in a remote location on the ramp a vast, two-mile-long concrete plain lit by stadium lights. The parking spot was near the farthest point where you could get and still be on concrete. Staff Sergeant Bordeaux, my supervisor, dropped me off promising to be back in 30 minutes to pick me up. The installation was in the AFT fuselage between the bomb bay and the tail turret. This section has a crawlway that goes through it, but no windows. It is not designed for human habitation. Even in broad daylight, it's dark in there. Never mind in the middle of the night. There is a belly hatch to give the maintenance guys access. I opened it, dragged a stand over to help me climb inside with the box and my tools, and settled in to install the unit, working in the narrow cone of light with my flashlight, except for that little brightness I was surrounded by the pitch blackness, relieved only by a dim, square glow from the open hatch in the floor behind me. As I was working, I heard one of the outside access panels open. We had more equipment there, 
brutally heavy jamming transmitters, but there hadn't been any work orders on them that I knew about. Puzzling, I could hear tools clinking and two guys talking and chuckling, but I couldn't determine what they were saying. It was obvious that they had been from my shop. Nobody else had equipment in that location. I began to feel irritated that they hadn't checked in with me. How could they not know I was there? If nothing else, I wanted to ride back with them instead of waiting for my supervisor. I put down my tools, hopped out the hatch, and said, Hey guys, but stopped. Nobody was there. The panel was closed. There was no truck. The lighting wasn't the best, but on the open ramp, there was nowhere they could have hidden, and there was no way they could have closed and secured the access panel in the matter of seconds. I searched everywhere, peeking into the wheel wells and around the landing gear. Nothing. Well... That was weird. I climbed back into the airplane and resumed my installation. No sooner had I started clinking around did I hear the talking and chuckling again. Yeah, screw this. I completed that installation in record time, stuffed the tools in my bag, dropped it out the hatch and followed it immediately. Yep, nobody was there, and the panel was closed securely. After hesitation, I started the long walk back to the shop. My supervisor met me about halfway back, asking me what happened. I debated a moment with myself about whether I could trust him or not, and finally asked tentatively if strange things happened on the airplanes occasionally, like voices, maybe. He gave me an icy look and said, We don't talk about that. Ever. Oh, okay. The sergeant told me to shut up, so I did like a good little airman did, and shut up. Then a couple of weeks later, I was hanging around dispatch, waiting to go out when one of the guys from another shop came storming in. It happened again. I told you before I will not go out on an airplane without lights, a power cart, and a crew chief. But you sent me out on a cold plane and it happened again. There are werewolves on those planes. We got this story in bits and pieces, but to put it together, he had been working in the back of a cargo bay of a KC-135 on a cold install when all the hair in the back of his neck stood up. The tanker cargo bay is almost windowless, the only windows being tiny ones in the emergency exit hatches that don't let in much light at best, let alone at night. He had turned around and looked toward the cockpit, and in the shadows on the other end of the bay, he had seen the dark shape of something standing there, watching him with two glowing red eyes. Warning lights, we asked. No power, he said. No control. No lights. Well, how about a backup battery or a capacitor discharging? Nope, because just as these comfort thoughts crossed his mind, the dim shape with the warning light's eyes cocked its head at him. That did it. He dropped everything, popped the AFT emergency exit hatch, jumped out, never mind the escape rope, and sprinted back towards the dispatch. In the aftermath, now that he had broken the ice with the rest of us, we all started comparing notes. It turned out that just about everybody had experienced something unusual at one time or another. As for him, he refused to go out to an airplane after dark ever again. Instead of retaking action, or a court-martial, the powers that be reassigned him to dispatch. He in turn went to great pains not to send anyone out to an airplane after dark without a power cart, a crew chief, and a supplemental lighting. The creepy encounters pretty much stopped. Later, over beer... One of the powers that be, a grizzled old master sergeant, shared some background on our little problem that traced back to the Vietnam War. It involved a shortage of aircraft parking at a Utapo Royal Thai Naval Air Base in Thailand, a grove allegedly inhabited by Thai tree spirits and an impatient USAF wing commander. But that's hearsay. 
maybe another time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I've been working at my current job for about a year since writing this. I work at a retail store, a short walk from my house called Five Below. If you know what that is, awesome. I say that because I'm not sure if the stores are in other places besides just near me. But that's beside the point. Even though I've only been here a year, that is a long time for someone in this line of work. Most workers don't stay long with the lousy pain annoying customers. I never saw a problem as I like my coworkers and the job is easy, so I see no reason to leave currently. With that, I have seen many come and go, and right now, I have been here longer than any other worker, even the managers. With the time I've been here, I've heard all the stories of the store. The funny ones, the weird ones, and of course, the scary ones. Through my own experiences and stories, I discovered that the store might be haunted. I've always believed in the paranormal, but I'm not one of those guys who thinks that, oh, it must be a ghost anytime something weird happens. But I sure do believe. My first odd experience at the store was during the Christmas season of 2021. So anywhere between November and January. I was first at the store, and I honestly don't remember the exact date. This night shift included me and one other worker, my manager. We went through our night as usual, and at 10, we locked up the store. After we closed, typically the manager goes to the back office to count the money in the registers while the associates clean up the store and prepare to leave. So, per usual, my manager goes to the office through the back storage area, and I go to one of the toy aisles to start cleaning. The lights are dimmed. I'm standing in the toy aisle with a wall of board games to my right, and the open walkway through the store to my left. I'm doing what I always do, and I begin straightening out the items on the shelves and grabbing things that don't belong there. Sometimes, through that aisle, I see a shape to my left past the hall towards the back of the store. I immediately look over, still standing in the same position. I figured it was just my manager that had forgotten to grab something before heading to the office, but when I left the aisle to look, no one was there, and I couldn't see anybody walking to the back of the store. I was a little weirded out, but didn't think too much of it, and summed it up to my eyes seeing stuff out of the corner that wasn't there. I walked back into the aisle where I just was, and moved toward the board game wall. Right as I do, I hear a loud crash behind me, exactly where I was and where I had seen the figure move past me. I froze, and this time I was scared. I immediately connected the sound, without even turning around, to the thing I had seen move past me just a minute ago. I slowly turned around, half expecting to see someone standing at the beginning of the aisle. And to my relief, no one is there. After a few seconds of contemplation and standing there, I decide to leave the gallery and see what made that sound. Right out of the aisle to the left, I see a mountain of remote control cars piled on the floor. The cars came from the end cap on the hall. I was just in and were significantly far away from their shelf, about six feet or more. Another weird note is that the car's shelf has guards on both the left and right sides that protects this type of thing from happening. If the cars had fallen, 
The ones in the back would be far back on the shelf and not way over here. I ran to the back office after this and jokingly said to my manager, <laughs> Man, I think this store is haunted. To my surprise, he turned in his seat and said, Oh yeah, I know. This took me back and I was creeped out, knowing that maybe I wasn't crazy. I took him into the store and showed him the cars flung from the shelf, and they seemed to agree with me on the confusion from how the vehicles could have done that. As if by magic, as we were laughing and discussing the event behind us, far off in the store we could hear another loud crash. We jokingly run around and laugh and saying how perfectly timed our ghost is, and we walked over to check it out. Over in the room section, many wooden signs had been ripped off the wall. Somehow, the entire metal bar that they were hanging off of entirely was removed. It didn't seem very friendly, and it freaked us out just a bit. By this point, my manager hadn't fully believed me and suspected that I was just messing with them. But after this, he was entirely creeped out. He even checked the cameras to make sure I didn't pull them off the shelf myself. And to his shock, they literally flew off. We quickly made our way back to the end of the store and got the heck out of there. We continued to hear things being knocked over in the back of the store the entire time. I brought up my experiences with the other managers and associates and learned over time that I was not the only one to have weird experiences at the store. The scariest of all came from my manager we call Allie. She told of a time when she opened the store one morning and sat alone in the office with the door locked. While doing her work there, she was startled by an abrupt and violent knock on the door. She said that she stared in fear at the door and watched for a few seconds before getting the courage to check the door. This must have been scary. But knowing no one else was in the store, she told me how when she opened the door straight ahead of her, the long dark hall where one of our shipments would be stored, a tall dark figure stood and stared back at her. She immediately locked the door and called our higher up manager to come to the store and meet her, not leaving the office until she did. She has since refused to be alone in the store and I completely understand. I've learned that she has not been the only one to see a man at the end of the hallway, and it is now a spot many in the store are scared to go to when the lights are out. Besides those events, we occasionally hear things falling over when the store is empty, banging on walls and the occasional sound of feet sliding on the floor behind us while working. It has never kept me from working, but I will admit there are times when I feel watched and uneasy while being alone in the store. I write this story because today while working I had another experience. I was folding clothes on a long cart in the back hallway at about 7.30pm. The lights in the hallway were turned off and the only light was the dim light from the bathroom door my cart was pressed against. I had my head down, folding clothes facing the bathroom door, and to my left I heard feet shuffling toward me. Not a complete hard footstep, but the sound that people's feet make when they don't thoroughly pick up their feet. Light sliding. I jolt my head up and look over to my left and for a second I see a man's dark figure moving quickly towards me. I audibly gasp and push back, only to see no one there. The event freaked me out and I left the back hall. I don't think I'll fold clothes back there from now on, but somewhere more lit in public. I'm sure I will see and hear more as I continue to work here, so I will keep you updated. But for now, this is all I have, and thanks for reading. I thought I'd share one of the creepiest experiences I've ever had, though not the only experience I've had with the supernatural. Around 2001, I was 8 years old. My brothers were 5 and 1, respectively. We moved from Johannesburg to a town called Heidelberg. The house we moved into was a rather beautiful area, 
big by our standards. For context, the lounge, entertaining room, dining room, office, and four bedrooms, two bathrooms, kitchen, and washroom were all relatively big. That made the passage long. It was in the restroom and the path that the presence was always the strongest. I felt scared from the first moment we moved in, and it didn't stop until all three of us kids went into foster care. As far as I know, it's still there. For the most part, we just felt intense fear and a feeling that someone was following us and trying to hurt us. At first, my mother kept saying I was spooking myself and imagining things, and my stepdad was completely atheist and didn't believe in anything paranormal. After that, I didn't mention it again, but we always ran down the passage and never walked. Every time I had to force myself down that hallway for whatever reason, as I ran, I felt like something was literally at my heels, breathing down my neck. After a few months, my mother figured out that we never went into the washroom, no matter what, and it became her new favorite punishment for us. She would lock us in there, switch off the lights outside the room, and leave us there overnight. It was adequate for a while, but eventually it backfired because we ended up growing up past fear into just not caring anymore. About two years later, we went into foster care and my parents stayed in that house. Close to the end of my last year in high school, they had to sell the place due to financial issues due to destructive lifestyles. My stepdad told me a few years later that on the last night he stayed there, to switch off the pool pump and everything at the main switch, etc., he felt the thing clear as day. He said it was the darkest thing he had ever felt, and there was no doubt that it wanted him dead. As he said, he didn't believe in anything paranormal that couldn't really be proven. Not God, not demons, nothing. Even he admitted that there was something there, some sort of dark, evil presence. We still don't know what it was, but we know exactly what it wants. I would give the address, but other people have moved in, so I can't breach their privacy. Thanks for taking these stories, Swamp Dweller. It's good to share with other people. Hey Swamp Dweller, my name is Rose. I've been listening to your channel for about a year now and I feel like I should share my story. This happened to me over many years. I was 6 years old when it started and 9 years old when it ended. A few paranormal things happened to me. I hope it's alright to share them. When I was 6 years old I lived in a small town in Alberta, Canada. This house was haunted and kids in my village refused to come into my house telling me their parents wouldn't allow them because it was evil. I didn't believe them until middle of summer. My room was set up so my door was on the bottom wall, my bed was on the left wall, and my dresser was a beautiful chestnut color mirror above it. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, not sure why, looking in my mirror and seeing a black figure sitting beside me. I looked at the space where the figure should have been, then back at the mirror, and it was standing up. It looked at me with deep red eyes, and I booked it out of there. I was sobbing, telling my parents what happened. My mother believed me, and we did a cleansing. I didn't see it for quite some time, but I knew it was watching me from a distance. When I was eight years old, my mother and I went to another small town, called Vulcan. My grandmother lived there, and brought a ghost back with us. Her name was Sarah. I could see her and hear her, and she was looking for her mommy. I couldn't find her, I said she could come home with us, and I think she did. I made her a bed on my floor every single night, and the pillow had a small dent in the morning, like someone had been laying there. I called her my sister, and we played games. She came with me to daycare, and I asked her to scratch my back, and I would literally feel my shirt move. 
and the girls I was showing all screamed and said I was cursed. We found out that Sarah's mother lived at my grandma's home and passed away. When we found that out, I told Sarah she needed to be with her mother because that's where she was waiting. I haven't seen Sarah since then. When I was older, I did some more digging and found out Sarah was murdered. It was May Day when all the small towns got together and did those little carnivals, and someone took her from it and murdered her. Sometimes I wonder what would have happened if she had stayed with me. Wow, those were some genuinely bone-chilling stories, and downright unexplainable if you ask me. I'd love to hear your story if you have one to share in a future episode. Be sure to submit your experience with the supernatural at swampdweller.net. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed these stories tonight, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there as it helps me grow on those platforms and it's very much appreciated. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium and still want to download your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them and listen to them at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. If you'd like to support the swamp outside of that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. We have brand new designs coming very soon. Be sure to join me on Discord, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.